Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At bluenile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Today on Barbecue and Tech... Episode 12. We're going to talk about the 4th of July barbecue because, man, we're all getting hot and ready for some cooking this weekend. Well, at least some of us are. And we're also, Chris finally, finally, finally made his breakfast uh, fatty. So we're going to actually touch on that at the top of the show. Uh, yeah. Chris, you What's ran up, the man? show last week. I do apologize with all my crazy traveling and forgetting my traveling. But uh, yeah, it's all good. Up? Your boy had it. Your boy held it down. It's all good. Dude, I got the absolute today. Like it, the I'm going I'm uh, for all of our listeners. I'm getting ready to head away on holiday uh, before the 4th of July weekend. Super excited. And I saw the literal like best news. Like you have a day that like you're like, I can't you know, you're combat combating everything at work. And then you just get a piece of good news. So we're going to the Cayman Islands. And one of the requirements with the Cayman Islands, like many places still, is that you have to do a COVID vaccination test to enter, and they want them 24 hours prior to departure, which typically makes some of the like hard because many places won't guarantee like a PCR test for at least you know up a day or more beyond, so you may not get your test results in time. Um, but they were they allowed the rapid test, which you can get quickly. So we had everybody in the family scheduled to go get their rapid test tomorrow morning. I was looking uh-huh. at my Google News feed and I saw effective Thursday, the 30th of June. Pre-arrival COVID testings are no longer required to enter the Cayman Islands. Woo! Oh, wow. <laughs> it's like, mm-hmm. oh my gosh, six tests we do not have to do. <laughs> now, obviously they want vaccinated travelers, but like I say, it was just, it was just a, a breath of a, a good news uh, for less complexity the day before travel because I got all the boys got their haircuts scheduled, all that good stuff ready to right. you know be in the Caribbean. And as the reason why I joked at the top of the show was a lot of us are getting ready for barbecue. I will absolutely be cooking something on the fourth, but not typical because I'm going to be using grills at a resort. So I won't have my, I won't be able to smoke anything. I won't have hours upon hours of access to anything. So it's just right. good. Well, your boy going to be smoking uh, some food and, you know. Uh, are you smoking or are you cooking or are you grilling? That's, the, that's what we're going to talk about today because, you know, I feel like you always have the option to do one or the other. And uh, or both. Unless and, you have uh, two, so, two devices, you could do both. But that's a different story. Right. 
you always have the option to do both, but uh, I'm going to take the time to, you know, kind of do both this time, but just plan it out a little bit on this episode and then we'll see how the results come out. All right. So before we jump into um, smoking food, can we quickly touch on your breakfast fatty experience and experiment, yeah. I should say? Yeah. So you were on me to get it tried out and, uh, I really enjoyed the ones that you've made. Uh, they all tasted very good. Um, but anytime I eat something new like that, my brain immediately says, how can I make it better? And I start working on that immediately. So uh, that's what I did. <laughs> and um, I uh, did the first thing I was concerned with was how well I would do the basket, right? Because that's the first yeah. thing you have to do. And if you do it wrong, it's going to fall apart. But um, following the guide was surprisingly easy. And once you did like two or three rows, you got the hang of it immediately. Uh, you found the same thing? I will say I found the same thing. I mean, I, I've done these type of weaves many times for pies. So it's, it's, uh, it's, not, yeah. it's not terribly hard. Yeah, I'm not one much goes of a back, baker, so put a piece of bacon down, fold the ones that are back forward, fold the ones that are forward back, it, it rinse and repeat it. To me, I, I found it to be, it, it, for me, it was super easy, but it's only because I suffered through it with making pie, a uh, lattice for a pie many times. So but the, the weave is not as tight on a pie. It, you tend to go op- a little bit more open on a pie, whereas uh, on here, I like mine, it's super tight. Yeah, you want it tight because you don't want any ingredients leaking out. Yep. But uh, so for me, I think I actually made it more difficult because um, one of the things that I immediately wanted to do was make individual versions of of these uh, fatties as opposed to one big one that gets sliced up because I felt like it would be quite the presentation to have an entire fatty, but small enough that you're not, you know, overwhelmed by seeing it. And then uh, the other thing that I did was typically these fatty fatties would have these scrambled eggs inside of it that you pre-made. And to me, I was like, you know what, let's treat this as its own thing, but let's let the egg kind of shine with it. So I left the egg out of it. And then that way, uh, if I was serving this at a restaurant or anywhere, right, I would say, oh, you can choose the style of egg to go with it. Cause I could imagine in the end, when the uh, fatty was done, it kind of resembled a, uh, a a baked potato, if you will. It was kind of that shape. So being able to cut it open, open face, uh, display it, and then maybe lay like an over easy egg on top of it, I thought would be a pr- quite the presentation. Or, you know, maybe it's a scoop of scrambled eggs with some uh, chives on top of it or something, some cheesy eggs or something. So I, I felt the eggs would complement the view of it as opposed to it being wrapped up on the inside of it. So I just wanted to do it a little, a little different. And then that way, when you ate the fatty, it became a side to the eggs as opposed to just everything together. So those, those type of things I did. But when you make, when I was making them smaller, it was a bit more challenging to figure out how small is too small in order to facilitate a great wrap on the fatty. You know what I mean? So I started out, um, doing them half size. Yeah. And so, I see that, 
quick question. When you did them half size, did you take mm-hmm. an entire full strip of bacon and cut it in half? So it was half as like the bacon was half as long. And then you, if you went normally seven or eight, seven rows out, you went like four rows out. So it was half as long and half as wide. Was that your so approach? So the, f- the first one I did, I did full strips of bacon and then I cut it into four quadrants. And, um, so I, so I, I weaved a whole, a whole package of bacon or not a whole package, but I think it's six by six. Um, okay. And laid it out there. So I had this nice square of, uh, of bacon. And then I, uh, laid out the uh, sausage across the whole thing. But then once the sausage was on there, then I took my, uh, knife and I just cut it into fours. So I cut that big square into four quarters. Now, and hindsight, that probably was the better way to do it because the second batch that I did, I said, okay, let me just take the bacon and cut it in half and then roll it that way, which worked too the first time I did it. But the second time I tried it, it didn't work as well. And that was because the bacon was too cold. So it wasn't stretching. So the the yeah, value yeah. of having the the bacon stretch is that, you know, if you need it longer in a certain spot, you can kind of stretch it a little bit to get it where you need it to go. But when it's stiff and rigid because it just came out of the refrigerator, you don't get that stretching. And therefore, it was much more difficult to wrap. So so doing it all over again, I would definitely lay out the whole thing, fill it with all the fillings, cut it into four and then wrap each of the individual uh, for now, of course, you run it. You can run into some issues where where you cut it. You know, you cut it on the seam, but that did it didn't seem to be that big a deal. You know, you, you're going to push that seam to the bottom anyway, and you know it, it's going to work out. Now, the other and challenge when I go ahead is it fair to say that so you you had the bacon layer, and then for you, you went from bacon to filling. You didn't have the additional no, sausage, I had sausage layer that goes. So the okay, the so first you didn't batch, have the sausage layer as well. Yeah, the first batch I did, I did with sausage. The bacon okay. and the sausage. And so what, so this is what I was about to mention. So the problem, and I, I figured out a way to solve it, is when you cut it into fours, because typically you want to leave a nice border of baking around the outside so that you can roll the thing up and, yep, you know, it, it seals nice and tight. But of course, if you lay out the sausage first and then cut it, cut it into fours, you the have sausage right to the edge, to the edge where you on, cut your on cut two line. sides. Right. Yeah. So on the first one, I just wrapped it and I was like, okay, I don't quite like how that came out. And then it just dawned on me. It's like, hey, silly, just grab a knife and push the sausage in. Scraped and that's extra. what I did. Yeah. So I scraped it. Um, I scraped it inward. First time I cut it off and then I was like, no, why did I just push it inside? So I just took the knife and just pushed it to the inside. Surprisingly worked perfectly. You know, the, the, the sausage moved nice and easy towards the center of the, uh, of the, of the weave. And then I wrapped it and I was like, this is perfect. So that was a good, um, you know, a much better move uh, than uh, cutting, just cutting it. Cause you still have to put it somewhere. Right. So I was happy that uh, that worked out uh, when I did that. And then after that was uh, um, the hash brown casserole. So I did whip up a quick hash brown casserole. It didn't go all out like I would normally do, but um Whipped it out pretty good, pretty quickly. Standard ingredients, sour cream, um, uh, hash browns. And then, uh, what did I use? Like, a uh, put a potato soup, um, base and that worked out well. So yeah. Cause I, I look at like the hash brown casserole. It, 
do not take this negative. It, it does have a level of density in a cast in the hash brown casserole that mm-hmm. it can serve as that sausage layer to hold. Yeah. Like if you were to put like hash brown casserole and egg inside of it, it would hold the egg in because it has the same level of density of what I think the sausage provides, which is any extra fillings you do in there, it'll it'll keep everything inside. Yeah, so some, and you're right. You know, the the hash brown casserole definitely is dense, like the sausage would be. So, but for so for the first run, that's yeah, and I did it that way just to see how it came out with the hash brown casserole on the inside, and I thought it was fantastic. Just the the bacon, the sausage, and the hash brown casserole. You know, it just it all worked, and some peppers and onions in there too. Now, speaking to my wife, it was still a bit much for her. So she preferred that I do some that had more hash brown casserole and less of and and less sausage. So the second time okay. around, I made a batch like that with the so I did the bacon layer. I didn't do any sausage. I put the hash brown casserole in there instead, and then peppers and onions and rolled it up like that. And she loved it. So that okay. definitely would be a, a valid option. So to she do where, she like you like preferred the eggs as a side dish to the meal yeah, versus because she likes included. she prefers fried eggs um with her breakfast versus scrambled versus scrambled you know even though you know we eat all eggs it's, it's not that it's just what we prefer to have is uh, i i prefer a fried egg that's what i grew up with um and so that's what i did i, mean, I think when i posted the picture it was the you know the fatty with the fried egg over top of it which was right. really cool um but uh you know perfectly fine so but so and that's the thing, right? You have the option. You can make where the fatty is the entire meal, or you can make it where it complements the rest of the breakfast. And uh, but the smoke flavor with the bacon and then the sugar from the uh, maple rub. Oh, man, I, I, I was gonna ask. Did, that so right actually, off. quick quick statement there. Did you only see? So for me, when I lay down my bacon, I hit it with the sugar maple rub or pecan on the inside. Then I roll the sausage on top. Then when I finish rolling it up, I hit it again on the outside with pecan or sugar maple. Mm-hmm. And that for me, I feel that it, while it smokes for a while, it, it it's, it's a low enough temperature where it doesn't burn it, but it candies that up. Like it, the bacon goes through a very good transformation. Like, so it's not typical crispy bacon, I wouldn't say it's it's like um, Canadian bacon, but it does candy that bacon up uh, quite a bit. I don't know if you saw that or you come out like, man, this looks great. Yeah. So for me, I just kept it simple on the inside, went straight salt and pepper on the inside. Okay. Um, right. And then and then I did the sugar maple on the outside. And I, I, the reason why I wasn't really worried on the inside, because I knew the flavor of the hash brown casserole was going to set it off anyway. But uh, I was to me, it's more important on the outside because you get a a bit of a nice color when that sugar maple smokes. It does. Yeah. On on there. So that that was to me. It looks great. All right. Well, I'm glad you finally adventured into making the breakfast fat. Yeah, it was so easy. Would you say it was easy to make? I guess is really it was definitely easy to make, especially again, because I didn't do the eggs. Uh, inside because that requires you to do the eggs and set them down and let them cool right so if you so i would tell folks if you want to venture down this path as a cool little breakfast experiment to do with your smoker um go out of the direction but definitely if you just treat it as a side 
where you just say, I'm going to do my ba- my bacon weave. I'm going to, you know, stuff it with sausage or not. Um, and you don't have to go as far as I did with hash brown casserole. You can buy all means just go stick with uh, hash browns, uh, whether you use like a. a I, I wonder if you could do like hash brown casserole with scrambled eggs mixed inside of it and then just tumble that all together and then kind of pack that down and you kind of get the best mm. of both worlds. So you get a little bit of cheesy eggs, a little bit of hash brown casserole. Every bite is fantastic. I know you're like, uh, I like my fried egg thing, but it seems like it's just like, it's just a, it's a, it's a one cut meal. Like you don't need anything else. Like this is the meal slice and go. Yeah. It wouldn't be for me. That wouldn't be my st- my take on it. <laughs> it wouldn't be my you thing. You can't make it better know, than I did it. Because, you know, for me, okay, so l- l- when you make eggs, right, yep. you, you don't just scramble the eggs with the, with the you know, you, you got to kind of give them like a nice hard stir, remove them from the heat, put them back on so that they remain fluffy. And, you know, you, for people, if, you, if people that like make, like they try to step their egg game up. You know, typically you grow up, you just crack a couple eggs, you stir them up, throw them in the pan and you just scramble it and let the heat destroy the egg. And, uh, but once you kind of learn to, you know, to step your egg game up, that ain't how you do eggs, right? You know, you keep the heat a little bit on the lower side, you heat the pan, you put the eggs in, you kind of start, you know, let it kind of cook for a second to kind of set the bottom. And then you start stirring it a little bit and, you know, you may add some, cream to it or you may add you know some people add water to it I, either way or you just leave it as is and you stir it up and it gets a little bit fluffier and fluffier and you let it kind of cook a little bit and you remove it from the heat because if you've worked in a restaurant you know when you serve eggs you don't want any hint of browning from the frying pan on the egg that that's not aesthetically pleasing in a restaurant and if you notice like when you go look at an omelet in a restaurant you get scrambled eggs omelet whatever it is bright yellow very fluffy looking and you know there's no no singeing from the frying pan on the eggs and that's what i've evolved to you know working in many different restaurants and hotels and stuff like that so that's what i strive for um and a lot of times when i'm making eggs for a bunch of people i may make one or two omelets up front to kind of set the temperature that i want so that when i'm making my omelets i'm getting that fluffy bright yellow looking egg base so i would i kind of treat it the same way um so to me eggs are a big deal uh you know even though they seem like such a simple thing there's so many nuances to it so adding it to barbecue right up my alley uh because i I, yeah obviously this is why we do this show because we love barbecue so much so i i I, but i want the eggs to stand out in that in that presentation make sense all right you ready to jump on this on fourth of july yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, you know, Fourth of July is this weekend, uh, and you know, pretty much everybody on this show, at least most people listening to this show, probably have some sort of plans. Except for our folks, you know, obviously, in other countries that listen to this show, I'm not sure what if you guys just take advantage of the holiday or not. But either way, you know, this is one of the biggies for the, of the year, and uh, this is our first time, uh, you know, because we started last August, so we missed Fourth of July. So we definitely wanted to have a little uh, episode where we discuss what we're doing. And so, you know, I think the typical, like, like you mentioned earlier uh, when we were talking, typical 4th of July, hamburgers, hot dogs, fireworks, you know what I mean? But I think there are many of us that try to step up the uh, game uh, when it comes to that 4th of July barbecue, whether, you know, now you start including in some 
grilled chicken breasts or, um, you know, whether you're doing just barbecue chickens themselves or, or what have you. So, and then for the rest of us, you know, we're smoker automatically fired up and, you know, so for me, I like a combination of both. It's one of my favorite things. And as I was thinking about what I wanted to do for a menu, uh, I was talking to my wife. I was because she was like, "Oh, we got a party this weekend for our our niece," and I was like, "Oh, so I guess I'm not going to grill for Fourth of July." She was like, "Uh, no." She's like, "That is on Monday. The party's on Saturday. You definitely find out the grill." I was like, "Cause she loves my wife and my daughter love uh burgers. In fact, we did a little experiment just the other day. We should talk about as well on here. Uh, I was going to bring it up. Yep. Okay. Good. So they love burgers, and they you know they took the burgers that you ground up and they enjoy them. They love when I make burgers. So, um, so yeah, so it's like definitely firing up the grill. No problem. So what I decided was I loved what we did for the Super Bowl so much that I wanted to recreate it for the 4th of July, but from at a, a smaller scale, at a smaller scale for sure. But, at, you know, with a different perspective, cause I love sliders. I love burger sliders, you know, and, you know, in our, uh, in our area, we have, you know, I think a lot of people are familiar with White Castle, but we had Little Tavern and, uh, you know, kind of the same concept, right? You you go in there and you order like 35 burgers and they're just the best burgers you've ever eaten in your entire life. So I've always been a big fan of sliders. And, you know, as I got older and realized there's other things you can do around making sliders, it's it's just always been a favorite of mine. So I wanted to do sliders again. But I wanted to change up the meat. So the last time we really, truly did a smoked barbecue slider combination. And yep. this time around, I wanted to do a grilled slider combination. And so I was thinking, uh, first up, uh, I'm going to attempt to grab a uh, couple of like two uh, um, tomahawk steaks again. You know, if I fail, <laughs> I'll just, I'll you go ahead and just order the hot tomahawk steaks or just willy nilly again. <laughs> no, I'll just go to willy nilly it again. That's that's what we're going to ride, ride, ride it out. All right, not, so you're cooking you know, with ribeye steaks. Keep going. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you're not so getting tomahawks most, walking in. Most likely I will be getting ribeyes, uh, which uh, <laughs> which came out beautifully. But I will continue to do the. So my plan is to do a reverse here like normal. Um, you know, smoke the heck out of them, and then I will cook them well under finished temp. So normally I smoke them to about one twenty five, one thirty. Put a sear on the top, and then we're done. So this time I think I'm going to smoke them to about one twenty, because my plan would be to put that sear on the top a little bit longer, but then slice it off for sliders. You know what I mean? So it'll be that ribeye, a ribeye slider is basically what I'm after. And just saying ribeye slider puts a smile on my face. That sounds delicious. So, you know, and then, uh, so that's, uh, slider number one. I'm only going to do three. And then I wanted to do a, a, a grilled, either a grilled chicken slider or a, uh, a smoked chicken slider and if i do the smoke chicken slider i don't want to pull it what i'll do instead is i'll probably smoke like a whole chicken uh and slice it off and then do smoke chicken slices on the on the bun yep and then uh finally and then do that kind of spicy on the outside and so essentially i wanted to find a way 
to redo or another a way to implement using that um the uh the white barbecue sauce again. And mm-hmm. so I was like, what if I did a smoked chicken slider with the white barbecue sauce, the Alabama white sauce on top of it? Now, you definitely I, won't have enough food for three people, I can tell you. <laughs> not not uh, saying you're and, overcooking. Yeah, oh, you can say it. I'm always overcook. I can't help it. And then, f- last but not least, wait, wait. There's uh, more. <laughs> Jesus, come on, yes. man. Yeah, I got to do traditional sliders, man. I got to get some ground beef. And uh, although I just, I'm really tired. I've been, you know, folks that have list- listened to our other podcasts know I've been at back and forth with the homeowners about getting the charger installed for the truck, and uh, I just feel wore out. And uh, I, especially, I still, I still feel like I haven't recovered from smoking a hundred chickens. Uh, I just feel tired, man. I, I don't want to get into too much, so I want to simplify to some extent. So I want to get the, uh, I want to get some ground beef from the butcher because they have excellent ground beef. You know, they have a blend that they do as well. Uh, so I won't grind my own. But I'll get a blend from them and I'll do some traditional sliders as well. So maybe like a pound, not, nothing crazy, a pound, maybe two pounds and just do a bunch of sliders like that. So uh, so that's the plan. I want to do like a smoked chicken with the big Bob Gibson sauce. I want to do a ribeye slider and I want to do a burger. So now to me, part of the, the beauty of sliders is the topping. So the, the chicken's covered. The traditional burgers, no problem. Ketchup, mustard, lettuce, whatever. But the ribeye is where I'm kind of stuck at. What do you think for top, like a sauce or a topping for the ribeye? Like some kind of horseradish sauce or what, you, what, you, what, you, what would it? you do? Au jus? I would season straight my steak right so I don't need a sauce. But uh, <laughs> since you <laughs> like this the A1 steak sauce them. on it, go for it. No, 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 <laughs> no. I, I, <laughs> No. I mess with you. I think I think a horseradish is a fine. I think an ajou is fine because then you get the the feeling of a French dip. I had to make I had to jest with you because I know how we both feel about people slathering a great steak with a sauce. So I would say ajou or someone can put and on your household. I don't know if they're a big horseradish place, so I would say start go with an ajou and call it a day there. That yeah, way, I if think you want, a, you can dip a, it and make it almost feel like a French dip. That's what I think would be pretty cool, having like a nice warm au jus, dip that slider in the au jus, that smoke flavor, a nice au jus on t- with the bread soak. Oh, man. I, I think I'm on to something with that. I so think I'm on to something. You have Sorry. a lot more flexibility than I do for 4th of July, for certain. Hey, man. I'm not going to an island, so no. <laughs> All right. So... um. To start with, I think you you said, "Hey, we tried something slightly different with our the, the grind of our meat." So, um, yeah, when we did the big brisket that. challenge, and I think I I said this on the show, the biggest struggle I had was the butcher brisket was like one fifty, Costco or yeah, the Costco brisket was seventy five. So of course, I came to the time we're getting ready to go away on vacation, and we we tend to book a place so we have a full kitchen that we can cook and with grills so that we can bring food in with us and cook. Cause if you've ever been to an Island and you've actually like did like a VRBO or some type of rental, you quickly realize 
oh my gosh, food is so expensive on this island. Like you go and you, and the meat quality is not even close to home. Like, I mean, there's meat quality everywhere in the world. Then there's meat quality in the US. And when you go to any island, you're like, it looks like the section of meat at the cheapest grocery store you get when the meat is an extra $5 off if you can buy it today. It just, that's how I, sometimes I feel when I get to a place. The Cayman Islands are probably totally different. I've never bought food there, but because of the cost, we tend to just, we will pack a cooler, dry ice it and bring our meat in with us. So on this trip, I said, I want to grind my meat just like we do with Chris. And of course, Chris being, you just did your big hundred brisket cook. You're like, I'm not, or your hundred, uh, Breast chicken. chicken breast cook. You were like, uh, I'm out. I'm not helping you out with grinding meat. So I got our buddy's grinder. But the big debate was, am I going to go to the butcher and pay $150 for a brisket I'm grinding up plus Chuck? Or could I go to Costco, spend a little bit less on my brisket, which I'm just grinding up and go with Chuck? And I said, I'll never know unless I go the Costco route at least once. So I went to Costco. I got a $60 brisket, which is, it's about 15 pounds. Cause again, I'm grinding it up. I don't care to have that big. I think it was 16 pounds. Yeah. Then I got, um, like, I think it was like eight or nine pounds of Chuck. So it's a decent blend. And I brought those back and our, my buddy's grinder, which is significantly larger than the one that Chris and I usually use. I pretty much just took a knife and cut the meat into strips and just pushed it through. I did, still did the double grind to get the meat together. But after the grind, I told Chris what I did and he's like, hmm. So I was like, all right, we should both try it out. So I gave him some burgers so he could try that out. My kids you tried gave me it. six uh, burgers that you pressed perfectly pressed, yeah. by the way, they were, uh, they were tight, but loose, so, which is good. And, uh, and so just to be clear, I'm not jaded with the Costco brisket, but I just I I know in my experience, and I've said this numerous times, the Costco brisket is inconsistent for me. It's just an inconsistent thing. Sometimes it's great, sometimes it's okay. But uh and so I was skeptical as to how these burgers would come out. So, so- of course we uh, you gave me some and i cooked them at home and uh your kids had some interesting uh had an interesting take yeah so i think overall they all said they're very good burgers yes. point blank there was no question and and most important for me they all agree they're better than burgers like if we were going like if they were going to five guys or some place and get a burger they're better than burgers that we would normally go to a restaurant and order a burger that to me is the is the first thing that i need um, I, I think they all felt that they weren't as good as the, the, the other burgers that we do. Correct. But they weren't, they, I don't think they're willing to go on the limb to say this is garbage compared to that. Like it was like, yeah, I feel like no, the other ones are them, probably better. Good. I think your youngest is probably the biggest connoisseur. Oh my God. Is he ever, I, I just listened to them talk and the way they, you know, kind of, you know, assess what they're, what they uh, or eating and I could just tell that this guy is he's the young fellas got it man because he was like it was okay yeah it's definitely not as good as the other one but you know it was it was pretty it was pretty it was okay and I was just like this guy man he's awesome 
And by the way, the same one that was able to absolutely nail each brisket that was smoked without didn't even waver. Like this, this, this. No wavering. This is this. This is this. <laughs> this is this. We're done. Now that let's go. The, let's keep it moving. So the the um, finely tuned taste buds of a thirteen year old. So what was your thought on the 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 other blend of meat? You definitely. I wish I would have given it to you like as a blind test, but you definitely had your own opinion. And what was yours? So, um, I could tell, and you know, I, I probably would have liked to have tried it blind just to see if my brain was just overreacting to what I was tasting. So I, you know, it was good. So first and foremost, not a problem. If that's the route you want. Anybody wants to take, take that route there. They made they made good burgers. Um, but I did notice when they hit the, uh, the griddle, um, not as much sizzle as I normally see. And I think that was just a lack of as much fat as uh, what I would normally expect in what I get, yeah. but that's fine. You know, not that big a deal. Um, they cooked up rel- relatively fine um, without issue. I went ahead and put cheese on all of them. Um, but when I bit into it, um, I was missing I want to kind of character as it's kind of a sweetness that I tend to get when I eat like a or the burger blends that we had typically done. Like there's usually like this sweetness that I feel like I get from the fat that was missing. And um, also it was a bit grainy, if you will. And sometimes you get that if you overpress the meat, but this meat was definitely not overpressed. So I just think, it, again, it came from a lack of the fat um, that I would normally expect. Because normally I get in, I eat it, and I'm just like, it just chews and it dis- disappears and it, we're good. But uh, so, it, it I, kinda, so the the one thing I will say with what you just said about it felt a little bit more grainy. When I looked at the dyes for his grinder, mm-hmm. I felt that the dye that I had to grind with was not as small as the dye you grind with. Okay, and that could definitely play a role, right? Because yeah. um, one of the things that I do is I grind twice. Uh, so yep. I run it through the first time. That kind of gets everything going. But when what I notice is when I grind the meat and it comes through the, the, the grinder and the dye, it kind of spits it out into almost like pellets. Yeah. And then we take that, we, we rerun it through the grinder. And then the second time you run it, it then starts to push out more like you would see that string of meat that you would see like in the grocery store. Cause they, you know, they push it through and then they lay it, you know, front back, front back, front back, and then they cover it. If you see them do it, a lot of times the package just looks like it's a bunch of ground beef, but if you watch them do it, it's actually coming out in that stringy method. And that's what I, I kind of like that. Um, and I use the, I do use a smaller, uh, die on mine, uh, to, to grind it. So perhaps that, you know, it's hard to judge anything on the on the one and only time you've ever done it. You know what I mean? But we can just have a conversation about it. And then I'm definitely going to grab that grinder and uh, do something with it at some point. And I love the fact that you were because as we've explained before, when we do our meat grinds, we get the all the meat. Rod and I are sitting in the kitchen. We cut the, everything into cubes, put it on a big tray. Uh, partially freeze it so we can run it through the grinder uh, without issue. 
this thing is so big that he Rod could just cut it into strips and that's it <laughs> and just drop it in there. That thing was just destroying and, the uh, ground. And often beef. I was feeding in a strip of uh the um brisket and a strip of the chuck at the same time. It's like meh and spitting it out. Yeah. And then I regrind is- it. I, I would argue to say we probably would do very good if we used both grinders, yours and his, and said we're gonna do the first grind with his because it just it comes through so fast. Like I, I, li- oh, I could not right. believe how yeah. easy this was. But then, yeah, that's a good I idea. I feel that the final grind with yours is a little better because he doesn't have that smaller die. And I, I, when you say it was a little grainy, I think that's probably in. I think your final die is great, uh, smaller because I remember as it was coming out, it would it would come in what you it looked like it was kind of like a grocery package, but it would break up a little bit earlier than what yours would just sit there and it would just constantly fold on top of itself. And we just let it go down, and I could pick it up and move it in quads, but. His wasn't like that. And I think it's going to be that, that additional die you have. With all that being said, uh, for 4th of July, and again, I'm going to be doing our stuff on the Monday. We're doing burgers and, and sausages. And I, I think you, I, I like when I'm on vacation, obviously I'm sharing smokers with other people who or grills with other people who need grills. So I, I can't say I, I'm going to smoke a, you know, a brisket for the next 12 hours and people would look at me like I'm an idiot. Um, so I have to do things that are kind of hot and fast and get them done. So I'll do sausages and I'll do burgers. I might do a one or two steaks on there. Like I say, we bring all of our stuff in. So I might uh, probably have some Omaha steaks that we'll throw on the grill with some burgers and with some sausages. And my daughter will actually, she does the sausages, not the um, hot dogs. And that's what that, that we're going to keep it simple. But I, I do take all of our seasonings because the bigger challenge you run into is when you go to an island, you don't want to sit there and spend all this money on seasoning. So we will, I will take, I have little jars that I'll take my seasonings, only the ones that I need to bring with me. So I'll have my killer hog AP seasoning with me. I'll have my killer hog steak seasoning with me that I can do both steak and burgers and season those with those two seasonings. So those are packed up smaller containers so I can bring them with me. And if, if I run out, I run out, but I'm not buying. I mean, I, again, I literally, we truck everything we we feel like we're going to need into the island. Um, the one debate I have, I've been lately, I've been making fresh bread and the kids actually like fresh bread a lot. I'm debating whether or not I will bring down the basic things that I need to make some fresh bread while we're away because it's so super easy to make bread. Uh, and I'm really loving Just make uh, the bread, bread and take it with you. Well, or make fresh bread and the bread that I make can then become the burger can be an option for burger buns. Um, so that's a, that's a debate for me, but I'm, I'm going super simple just cause I, I don't, I don't have the ability to do my Alabama white sauce, my, my, uh, reverse searing tomahawk steaks, which you're not getting tomahawks. I usually will get over that one. Plus the other 12 things you're going to cook. I, I, I don't have that luxury just being away. So burgers and dogs are going to be what we, we do. And hopefully the kids will be able to be in the pool until the last second or into the ocean to the last second. When I pull the stuff off and say, uh, let's go upstairs Come and eat, eat and, uh, enjoy our, enjoy our dinner. And, um, one of the things we're planning on doing on this trip, uh, we are, our, our kids love snorkeling. Um, but the older, the three boys, uh, they're actually going to try to take an introductory diving course this time through, I think. Oh, cool. So we'll see how they feel about, uh, trying out scuba diving, uh, versus just, uh, snorkeling. So, but I think they only take you down 20 feet, but it's a definitely good, cool and different experience. Cool. So awesome. we'll, this is the plan for 4th of July for both of us. Hopefully we've given some folks some ideas of 
course, by all means, tweet us what your 4th of July is looking like. We want to see the barbecue chicken. We want to see the burgers. We want to see even the hot dogs. We want to see. I want to see it all. You know, so let's see. Hit us up on the Discord. Hit us up on the Twitter. Doesn't matter. We want to see what you guys are doing. Um, and hopefully, and, uh, some folks do what we're doing. And one thing I know you, uh, yesterday when I was at your house, you got some new toys to try to help you out with speed for burger. I did. And I, I don't know if you're ready to, cause you, you haven't used it yet. No, that I want to mention it. I do, pack. I do want to mention it. So I don't want to, okay. I'm not recommending it yet to anybody, but I do want to mention what I'm experimenting with this time around. So in my ever, loving quest to figure out how to do things better uh you know we've mentioned the burger press that we ordered uh, rod and i both have one absolutely fantastic swear by it to this day still uh bet you know no more pressing burgers in my hands i'm done with that um but i wanted to see if there was a way to do it better uh so i found uh essentially these uh burger pressing mats um so each mat can uh, press about I think it's four burgers and I think so I got two sets I got regular quarter pound burger ones and then I got slider ones and what you would do is you would take the ground beef and you would spread it across the entire mat the the mat has a mold uh, for each burger and it makes it kind of like what's it a hexagon yep hexagon uh, shape and then um, then you just take the top of the mat and you press it down and it then it forms the burger patty within the mat now, the cool thing about it is this mat is made out of silicone um, and you're supposed to be able to immediately pop them back out and have some nice pressed burgers. Or you can label each uh, top and bottom uh, section and throw it in the freezer and be done. Uh, so I thought this would be a super cool way to do the uh, to do the burgers this time around. And because one of the challenges I do run into is when I use the press, I will press them and then I'll have to get the the wax paper, put the, you know, put the wax paper in the press and then put another one on the top. So, and then when I'm, when it's time to freeze it, I'm wrapping them in uh, plastic wrap or uh, Ziploc bags and then put it and throwing them in the freezer. So it's a bit more of a process Uh, with this. I theoretically should be able to spread the, 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 the ground beef, put the top on, press it, create the burgers, leave it. And then uh, I'm not sure if there's any excess or how that works yet. So that's what we'll find out. And uh, if I want to just take the whole mat and throw it in the freezer, man. So that sounds really cool. No paper needed, no extra pressing needed, no nothing. You know, just spread the meat, the ground beef in there and close it out. So this uh, is a pretty cool option uh, that I, I think some if it works well, people might like. And I got it more for the sliders portion of it because I didn't really have a slide, you know, I slide a version of uh of the of the press that we have. Uh so yep. I but when I saw the regular burgers, I was like, why not try for both? So this 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 will be interesting. I'm very I'm very interested to see how this works. So so I'm just mentioning um, it now. And uh, we'll see how I'm it goes. curious at what your results will be on this press. This I wouldn't even call it press, but uh, I, I'm curious what your results going to be on this. When I when I first looked at, it, I was like, "How is this? You're going to take the meat, press, put it down on there, or you have to physically try to press it to get it flat, and then are you going to have to start kind of if the meat overflows a little bit, do you have to kind of clean it out of the the side edges of that before you can? Yeah, put that's it in the that's the one thing the I'm not sure on is you know, do you have yeah. to just clean up the sides and stuff? But uh, we'll see. 
We'll see how it goes. I'm 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 curious, but yeah, I I, I still live and die by the burger press. I'm not uh-huh. I'm not moving off that thing anytime soon because yeah, until for, until I see otherwise, that is the number one rank. <laughs> that is our star player. That is our yeah. It's it's, it's only downside is that I have to put the wax paper top and bottom, but it's yeah. nice because I put tack, wax paper top bottom, and then for me it goes right from there for our trip. It went into a dry uh, a um. One of those bags where you do the uh, uh, vacuum seal bags, and then oh, we okay, vacuum yeah. seal them in, in packs of either y- either two or four at a time, and then those mm. will go into the freezer. And tomorrow, I'll get like five point five pounds of dry ice, which is what you're allowed to bring on an airplane, and everything is frozen. Goes into the cooler with the dry ice tomorrow night, and away we Could go. You imagine time to party. if you land and your cooler's empty. <laughs> yeah, that's no, I was like, oh. here, here's here's where you panic is when you land and the cooler's not there um the one airline i will say i will never fly again international is effing southwest where we brought a cooler with us because they're like no you can't bring that hard side cooler they want they want styrofoam coolers okay won't hold your stuff as cold. So they're like, of course, in the airport, you can't find a styrofoam cooler. And other airlines, like American, will take take a hard side, like Yeti type cooler. Um, so they're like, we could put a cardboard box. What do you think happens to cold stuff as it's thawing in a cardboard box when it's thawing and it's getting mm. wet? I mean, by the time the, and they lost our food. Our food went to Miami <laughs> and, and we went to, I think it was like Aruba or, it was St. Thomas. So we're in St. Thomas. Our food showed up 24 hours later. 5.5 pounds of dry ice should only last a day. We packed it good and I used trash bags around it. So it was all in trash bags in a thing, just trying the, 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 the boxes trying were to keep literally virtually disintegrated. The dry ice had a little bit in each one of the, the, the bags. The food was still to most extent frozen. Um, wow. I mean, it was like where it's barely, barely could give like you, a little bit, but it was frozen and we got it. And yeah. so disaster averted. But yeah, that was a, the one time was with Southwest Just Airlines where our food ruining didn't your make first it day the first vacation. day. Yeah. yeah, I feel you, man. Yeah, but uh, no, yeah, no. I, I'm I'm a I'm a hardcore believer. If you're if you're doing an island trip, and I like I like the islands, and I like uh, I do love taking our food with us because rather than going and saying I got like a several thousand dollar hotel bill, several thousand dollar car rental bill, several thousand dollar food bill. We spend three or four or $500 on food while we're here because I've sat at a hotel and not lying where, you know, you're sitting and guys are sitting there talking and one guy's talking to his buddy. This is literally a true story. And he's like, is everything okay, man? He's like, you don't seem like you're in a good mood. He goes, we're in the Caribbean. And he's like, uh, my wife made me go get my daughter some stupid Cheerios. And he's like, couldn't understand why he's so frustrated with buying Cheerios. We were, this was in Aruba. He's like, do you know how much a box of Cheerios costs? <laughs> I was like, oh, this is going to be delicious. He spent, I think it was that time where he said $12 for a box of Cheerios just to shut his kid up. He's like, was, and you could tell he was fuming because he's like, this stuff here is ridiculously expensive. And I was like, and this is why my my wife, God bless her, she she goes to the grocery store. She's like, we have the bagels the kid want. We have the cereal they want. Oh, we, we take so much. Like when we get there, we are truly buying fruits and vegetables, just like items that you're not allowed to bring in. We're buying right. like butter, like 
eggs, the things that we physically cannot bring with us or you're legally not allowed to bring like fruits and veggies. That's what right. we buy there. So we might spend a hundred and hundred fifty dollars on groceries while we're there, but it's, it's, it's things we couldn't bring anyway. So and we're fine with that. And like, I'm not paying, I'm not going to go buy the kids a box of cereal and pay four, t- like two times or three times the price that I would pay in the U S I'll just bring it with me. It's no big deal. So again, that's a nice tip for anybody who does a lot of travel and wants to save a little bit of money. Um, mule it in. It's worth it. Cool. All right, folks. Uh, hope you all have a wonderful holiday weekend. Uh, for the ones celebrating on Friday, our Canadian friends, and then us on Monday. Uh, for everybody else, we'll catch you online and uh, in our messages. Um, and we're for out. our listeners in the UK, enjoy Trader's Day. Right. <laughs> that's, what that's what my buddies call it. Better for the yeah. UK, they call it Trader's Day. Uh, we out. Peace. <laughs> Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Peace. catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row dreaming of something better well hello fresh is your guilt-free dream come true baby it's me geeky palmer let's wake up those taste buds with hot juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi mm. hello fresh stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at hellofresh.com let's get this dinner party started 